This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it's Rebecca, Tara, and our good friend Jolene, Bookworm Adventure Girl, and we are here to discuss Day One 2023 Canada Reads. Today was uh, an exciting day, I think, in some ways, and maybe in some other ways it wasn't. We'll have to see. But we're going to start with Jolene and get first impressions. Welcome. Thank, thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, today's uh, debates, I was very excited for it and um, was really looking forward to seeing what would happen today. And I think that they're, you know, the first day is always the most difficult, I think. And I think everyone was nervous and tried to get their nerves out. And I find as the as the debates go on, that nervousness gets gets a little bit better. So I did find that people were maybe more nervous than hopefully they will be. Um, but that's normal. Ooh. I also find that um, the uh, there's so much that happens on the first day and because there's so many books, they try to put so much into what they're going to say. So sometimes they try to say everything all at once. So some of them were speaking very quickly. <laughs> um, and what I loved is that Michael Gray Eyes mm. spoke so, qu not quietly, but just slowly and took his time. And he was almost the opposite of everyone else. And I thought, oh my goodness, you're not, you're going to run out of time. You only have 30 seconds, you know, hurry up, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it went, it went well. Um, I think there was, you know, some, some better um, arguments out there. And there were some that I thought that's, that's not going to fly. And one of the things that I found a little bit disappointing now, we all love Ali Hassan, you know, he, he's fantastic. Um, but when they did their first round and they talked about, you know, this is, here's my one minute kind of thing, then I felt like the second round was kind of the same thing because he basically asked, you know, how is your book relevant? I think what I would have liked, and I don't know what you guys think about this, but I think I would have preferred him to say, you know, what's another book that you find relevant or not relevant or, you know, have them start talking about the other books, not just their own. Because I felt like that first round, they were already talking about their book, and then they kind of just redid that. And I, I would have liked to have seen more debate that way, where they they start talking about the other book as well. So, um, but yeah, I thought it was a, a great start, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens tomorrow. Can I just say too? I totally agree with you. I didn't care for the fact that they they almost did another round where they basically promoted their own book. I really wanted, I, I would have loved to have had them say something like, hey, even what book did you like, say, second to your book? Or which book did you really not care for? Or something other than, because I felt like we just didn't have enough different kind of discourse. And when you get a chance, I want you to go back and you said something about Oh, now I can't remember how you said it, but something that didn't ring true or something that you said that I, I, I don't know if you know what you remember what you just said, Jolene, but there was something you said that I was like, Ooh, what did you mean by that? So I don't know if you'll remember. Hmm. Damn, I'll have to, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll have to later go back and then say, okay, now we need you to respond, uh, like maybe on, uh, on your podcast or, I mean, on your YouTube channel or something. Sure. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead yeah. I'm trying to remember what that was that Jolene was saying too. Yeah. I can't remember. 
But I agree with both of you. I found it the, I liked the first question. And then the second question, I found it kind of, or the second round almost, kind of muddled. Like that, I felt like Ali was trying to steer them one way. And they kept going around to bringing it back to their own book instead of kind of getting a discourse on other books going. Yeah, I'm almost wondering if he just didn't phrase the question the way mm-hmm. he had intended. I'd love to ask him that. Like, was 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 he trying to get them to talk about other books, but that was not clear in how he asked that question? And so they all just ended up talking about their own books again. Because he did interject at one point to say, you know, I'm sure you're going to pick your own book, but maybe you can talk about another book. And he mm-hmm. tried. So I thought, oh, I think it was just a missed opportunity, which is too yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah, and I agree about Michael Gray Eyes. You know, it's really funny because they started out with Matea, who I think is her, the way she communicates looked, um, she looked kind of stern the whole time, the whole yeah, time. Yeah. And then, she, yeah. And then she also said something, which I'll talk about a little bit later, but she was really talking fast. She's really rapid fire, that type of person. I thought that uh, Keegan, I thought she really did a super job. Like I felt like she got the most um, relevant and important words in, in, in her time. Like she used her time really, really well, but boy, let me tell you when Michael spoke, I initially, I was like, and I'm a fast talker. So I was like, Oh, good Lord. He is never going to be able to get everything he wants to say out. But again, talk about somebody who used his time really wisely and said a lot in a little and in fewer words than everyone else. Yeah, I agree about Keegan. I I thought she used her time very wisely and she brought out arguments, different arguments every time where I thought some of the others kind of kept saying the same thing over and over and over again. And I thought, you know, this is the time to start saying what you really want to say and getting your points out there and with Michael uh, Gray Eyes, it was just, uh, you know, he'd start talking and I'd almost lean in, like, what are you going to say? It, mm-hmm. it was more riveting, you know, to, to the, because of his approach and how he speaks. Yeah, I also uh, found that for Michael Gray Eyes, the way he spoke, he was like a silent ninja. It was really, mm-hmm. I was fascinated because at the end of it, I think, I keep thinking back on it. And I think he even said more than I realized he said. And I found he made a connection with us. Well, I, I shouldn't speak for everyone with myself as a reader, because he spoke about his loving horror books and graphic novels, comic books and sci-fi, like from a young reader. And it's that's something that's carried him through his whole life. And I thought that was really smart because I'm like, now he's connecting with all of us as just like on this emotional level. So I really liked that he did that. Um, so I was very impressed with him. The one I was disappointed with was Tasmine with her. Uh, I had expected Mexican Gothic to be voted off first, but I had hoped that she would defend it a little stronger than she did. And I felt she came to the table, to the competition today with like kind of a defeated attitude, like, I know no one likes to read horror, but give it a chance. I I didn't like that. I thought she could have done more to really highlight what the genre of horror does and what it can do and how it can uh, 
link people because we all feel fear at some point in our lives, right? Yeah, I agree, Tara. I found that she did this thing where she um, almost started with the defense without anyone Mm -hmm. saying anything against her book. And I always find that to be kind of a weaker way of debating, you know? Yeah. I know you're going to say that this is in it placed in Canada, so I'm going to say it first. Yeah. So that, you know, it, instead of starting off with, here are the strong things about my book. Now, again, I also thought that it was an easy target and I thought it would be first to go, but at least try, you know, like, yeah. I think had she had a strong argument, maybe she could have swayed me and swayed, you know, the other people um, who are going to be voting, you know, because it doesn't really matter what I think in the end, but mm-hmm. for the people who are voting to put it out there and say, these are the strong things that, you know, are good about my book. And I, I think, Maybe she tried to, but it, it didn't, it fell flat for me. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I, I agree. I, I, I was surprised that I didn't feel that she came really loaded for bear. But interestingly, I watched a number of her videos on TikTok and I thought, she, I actually believe that she might be the weakest of the debaters because her skill set is like those 30 minute or I'm 30 minute, those three minute or less kind of videos. Right. And I never, I listened to a number of hers and I never felt like she was really getting into a real, which you can't in two, you know, three minutes, a real deep analysis of a book. And so I, she's the one I thought she may be the weakest of the group, even though she has a lot of followers, she's on book talk, she's very popular, et cetera. But I kind of thought she might have the weaker skill set you know, with, with regard to debates. Mm -hmm. I did think it was interesting that they talked about genre. And I think partly because of that being a horror book and also with ducks being a graphic novel. And I don't remember in the past them talking about genre in quite the same way and really bringing that into the debates and saying, okay, unless sometimes maybe nonfiction and if it's a memoir, but I thought it was interesting that they thought that, a gothic novel would be at a disadvantage I don't think that's why it was at a disadvantage I think it was at a disadvantage for a lot of other reasons um you know like she pointed some of those out um so I thought that was interesting and then of course the graphic novel I think there's only been one other graphic novel that's made it into the short list um but it'll be interesting to see if that keeps coming up well now that Mexican gothic is no longer there mm-hmm and, you know, I want to say something about that because I I made a note to myself because, you know, okay, I'm going to say this to our dear Canadian readers who almost always say this. Whenever a book is not directly set in Canada, people will say, well, it has nothing to do with Canada. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I think if I were a defender, one of the things I would say is it is a Canadian author who has something to say about maybe like in Mexico in the 1950s. I I get that. So why can't that tell us something as, you know, as Canadians, right? So I feel like if you're going to, if if defenders are going to continue to pick books that are not set in Canada, they've got to have a really strong reason for having it in the competition. And I think they just need to keep saying, we're celebrating Canadian writers who have a voice and have something important to say. I, I agree. I think that um, it's easier if it is set in Canada because it's the, some of that work is kind of done for you. But what I wish that she had done today is she talked about colonialism. She talked about white supremacy, but she never gave an example. 
And I have to say that when I read that book, because it was part of Canada Reads, you know, and I was trying to look for that, I wasn't reading it with that in mind. I wasn't thinking about that. So had she said, you know, here are these major issues and it's, here's an example and it's like this and like this, but she didn't do that. She just said it has these things. And so it kind of lost that. And I thought, no, I don't, I didn't get that necessarily from, from the book. Yeah. And even like the argument that it's not set in Canada, Mm -hmm. it really shouldn't be an argument because, you know, we should read stories from the whole world. It shouldn't just be Canada anyways. Right. So I, I would like them to put that out there and just like take that right off the table as an argument to get rid of a book. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think it's time to do, I mean, I've only been at this for what, five or six years. And I sort of feel like it's time to put that to rest. And, and that's why I say the next time somebody brings a book on that isn't necessarily set in Canada, I think they have to be able to defend that really, really well. And I don't think she really did that. And I agree with you, Jolene, you know, it's, and I know day one is hard, but if you, mm-hmm. if you're going to make a point, you've got to give some examples to give people a reason to not vote your book off. Um, but I do want to bring up uh, the other person that we haven't really talked about, which is Gurdip. And I, with him, I got a little hung up, I think, on his positivity message because I, because after a while, I just, I'm sure he said more than that, but I couldn't get past how has that big smile. And he is like a wonderful human being. I mean, he's just amazing. I, I, I knew him before, you know, I'd seen him on TikTok before he was on the show and I didn't even know who he, I mean, I knew he was the only one I knew when he was going to be on, but he's so positive and he's got such a light, lighted up face and everything. But I felt like I, all I got out of what he was saying was positivity. And I, so I feel like I completely lost his message. So can you guys talk a little bit about him and tell me what I missed? Cause I totally missed. He said one thing that I really, really liked. Um, I think it was towards the end or maybe three quarters of the way through his statement. I'm just paraphrasing was that unless you're indigenous if you're if you live in Canada, you are an immigrant. So we should all be uh, willing and want to read immigrant stories. Like they should interest all of us. And I thought that was just I loved that little comment. I thought it was a great comment. It was short. It was concise. But I kind of thought it hit home for his book for selling mm-hmm. his book. Yeah, that was my biggest takeaway from him because, like you, Rebecca, I was like quit saying the same thing over and over quit mm-hmm. you know talk i mean not that i'm dismissing hope and positivity i think it's wonderful but mm-hmm. again back that up don't just keep saying the same mm-hmm. words over and over give a different example give a different way say it in a different way um and he wasn't really doing that but when he said that i was like yes that is a reason that you know every canadian should read this book and i thought it was a very strong argument yeah and you know and i want to give a uh a, what am I, what do I want to call it? Sort of a, a defense of Matea on something that may not need a defense. And it, and I may be 100% wrong in what I'm about to say, but I'm going to put it out there anyway, which is, I heard uh, JL Richardson, uh, her wrap up after the, the day one. And she said, you know, Matea had made that comment about, well, you know, uh, hotline didn't speak to me as much. I'm really paraphrasing, but something like, you know, my family's been here for a really long time. And I think that's what prompted him to say uh, mm-hmm. what Tara just said. 
But here's the thing I was thinking, because I was shocked, too, that Matea said that because it just seemed really kind of insensitive. And I thought, I don't think she's that person or I'm sorry, they are that person. And I thought, you know, I'm the kind of person my mind, my mouth works a lot faster than my mind. So I say a lot of things sometimes that when I go back and listen to it, I might start a whole sentence, completely stop, go a completely different direction and never come back to my original thought as Tara knows and everybody else who listens. But I can really get ahead of myself. And I kind of feel like it, I felt like they, they, they sort of went down this road really quickly and just sort of said, made this kind of like dismissive comment about how her, their family has been here a long time. And I don't know that that's what she meant. Cause I feel like that's what I would have said and been like, Oh God, I should not have said that. That's not what I meant, but it came out that way. Does that make any sense what I'm saying? Yeah, it does. I think, um, I think probably if she were to reflect back on it, she would probably defend herself and say, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure, you know, where, where that came from. Um, other than she's just trying to put the other books down so that her book is, you know, um, and, and use it as a tactic that way. But I think it kind of backfired on her. So, um, but yeah, I mean, in a good in a way, it, it helped, you know, it helped him make a, a better argument for his book. So yep. it, it prompted that, which I think was a good thing. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was an insensitive thing to say the way it sounded. Um, but I'm sure that's not what she meant. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I hope it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So let's see, who have we do? Have we kind of covered everybody? Do we want to say any more about Keegan? Because uh I would say Tara specifically, how did you think Keegan handled it then? Cause I think Jolene are kind of, and Jolene and I are kind of on the same page about it. Oh yeah, no, I am too. I agree with both of you. I thought she did a great job actually. Like I, you can tell that she loves Greenwood. Uh, I think she defended it well for the first day. There was nothing new brought to the table, but it's the first day. So. All right. Well then let me ask you this, both of mm -hmm. you, this so everybody voted for Mexican Gothics to go first, which I think we all were in agreement about that, that that's what kind of how it would play out. So with Tasneem voting for Greenwood, do you think that was strategic? Because I immediately thought strategic, but do you think it's strategic or do you think it, there's more to her having voted for Greenwood versus the other titles? Uh, yeah, I definitely thought it was strategic. I think Greenwood is a stronger, one of the strongest books. And so I think she took that opportunity to put a strike against it. I could be wrong, but that's what I thought. And do you think she'll follow up? I mean, I know we'll talk about this in a minute specifically, but do you feel like she might follow up and just keep going after Greenwood in a sense, do you think? Just offhand? Yeah, maybe. It'd be interesting to see who she votes for tomorrow because, I mean, they all voted against her book. So she, like, <laughs> like any way she votes is going to be a retaliation, which is kind of interesting, really. Yeah. Payback. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. Is there anything else we want to, any other comments? I'm kind of looking at my notes. Oh, I will say one of the other notes I made was that after watching the first day, and I, everybody did seem, I agree, like really nervous because Jolene kind of, you know, laid the groundwork for us on that. I think they did look really uncomfortable. And, and I was 
our friend Sarah, who is going to be with us tomorrow, she even said something like they were making her uncomfortable like the first day. And I said, gosh, I felt kind of the same way because it just felt like very weird. It was just a weird dynamic to me. It felt different than other years. But by the end of the episode, I thought, I felt Matea and Keegan are in it to win. Like they look like they're totally, you know, going to go for blood you know, further in the week. Week. What do you all think? Yeah, I agree. I think that they are the most prepared. They seem to have their arguments prepared. They seem um, the most ready to defend, but also to highlight their books. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't feel that quite yet um, from Gurdip or from Michael, but they have surprised me. So, because <laughs> um, it's not like they're they're doing a bad job or anything like that. Um, but I just, they haven't highlighted their books to the same extent that I think the other two have. So mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. I think, I think they're the two stronger ones, which also may be, a, a t- make, may make them a target. So sometimes you have to be careful with that too. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to when they actually start attacking. That's, that's, that sounds like such an aggressive word, but <laughs> because today it was just basically them defending their own books, right? Even yeah. for Mexican Gothic, they didn't have to uh, do any shortcomings or uh, bring out any shortcomings because Tasmin unfortunately did it for them by pointing out that it's horror that a lot of people don't like to read and that it's not set in Canada. They didn't even have to argue against Mexican Gothic. So I'm, I'm looking forward to them when they actually have to start picking out the books that they want to get rid of and saying why. I think that'll be really interesting. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because Michael, what I thought he did, which surprised me, I mean, I sort of felt like my mouth kind of dropped open was that he really defended ducks right off the bat. Like, -hmm. I think it was almost like one of the first things he said, and then he came back and really, and actually this might've been in the after show, but he really talked a lot about what he really loved about Mexican Gothic. And so I I, ne- I never did see that episode with, uh, you know, Justin Trudeau, you know, flipping votes at the end. But I felt like, oh, my gosh, Michael, you feel like <laughs> I feel like you're you sort of forgot you're defending Station Eleven. And now you're really saying wonderful things about these other books. So I don't know. Did anybody get that sense at all about him? Yeah, because he also said he, he loved Mexican Gothic as well. Right. Yeah. 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 I think, I think so. he's doing the polite Canadian thing and he just likes yeah. them all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So first day, I think we all predicted Mexican Gothic would go out. And now what are your predictions for tomorrow? Maybe what would you like to, are there any questions you would like to see Allie asking? And then what are your predictions for which book might go tomorrow? You want me to go first? Sorry. Yeah, go, go ahead, Jolene. Sorry. Um, yeah, so my my prediction because uh, I've already done my predictions. My prediction for tomorrow mm-hmm. is ducks, and mm-hmm. um, and I do think that that is well. I mean, obviously it's a possibility, but I do think that that could happen because it already came up today that we're they're talking about, and I didn't see this, but an interview or a conversation that Matea mm-hmm. had with yeah. the either the publisher or the author. And they kind of talked about some things that were against the book. And so I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting and not maybe the best for um, promoting the book. Uh, so I think yeah. that may be brought up again. Um, yeah, I do think that it has a few things going against it for tomorrow. Um, if 
if um, Hotline and, well, I don't know. I, I actually think Greenwood, too. I mean, Greenwood is my number one choice, as, as you both know. But I do think that um, because it's a target, because uh, she is a stronger uh, advocate for it, she has the arguments, they, they may try and, and take take it out. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I, th- I still think Ducks is uh, going to be the next one, unfortunately. Uh, Rebecca, before you and I answer with our predictions, can we do like a little sidebar kind of thing with Jolene? Sure. Especially because she's predicted Ducks going out tomorrow. And Jolene has a, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners no, anyways, Jolene has a YouTube channel, Bookworm Adventure Girl. And over the weekend, she posted a video in which she, uh, with her predictions and how they were going to fall during the week for Canada Reads. And in that video, you discussed your reading experience for ducks. Right. I would love <laughs> if you would just share it here because I thought it was really interesting. Sure. Well, so one of the things is that I normally I I buy a lot of books and I've been trying to not buy so many books. So I have an amount that I will put out every month and then the rest I use the library or try to find other ways um, to, to read my books. And so with Canada Reads, you know, normally I would just buy the five books and thankfully I had two of them already. And the graphic novel for ducks, it was $30 even with the discount. And that's kind of like what I've said I'm going to pay for each month. So I thought, well, what, how am I going to do that? Plus <laughs> I still had to get hotline cause hotline I couldn't get from the library either at the time. So I couldn't get ducks, the physical copy from the library. There was a very long hold on it. Um, I tried to do an e-copy, but the e-copy you can't um, make the, font larger because it's it because it's illustrated and so to make in order for me to read it I had to I got the e-copy and then I would screenshot each page and then I would just make it bigger and read it that way and I am aware that Mm. you know had I just gone out and bought the book it probably wouldn't have been a much better experience just reading it wouldn't have taken as long it um so but that also to me spoke to the availability and accessibility to the book as well. So, I mean, a graphic novel is a certain type of experience and it's not, uh, it wasn't that great on, on my phone to read it that way. Um, however, I tried to still be as kind to it as possible and still just try and take like the information that I was getting um, because I have seen in a physical copy of it. I was in the store after I read it. Um, I did go into chapters and I picked up the book and I flipped through it because I thought, you know what, maybe if I do see it, I will convince myself to spend the 30 bucks on it. Um, but even doing that, there was nothing in me that said, you need this book. It needs to sit on your shelf and you should pay this money for it. <laughs> so I yeah. didn't feel like I had missed much from the experience in the illustrations Um, Because I could tell that some of the illustrations, and I think I say this in my video, that there there were some very detailed illustrations. You can tell that she has talent and um, and all of that. So it it was there, but it just uh, yeah, my my reading experience of it 
was kind of the opposite spectrum of, say, my reading experience of Greenwood, which I've also talked about many, many times, you know, and just like the book itself is a tree. And it's, <laughs> and that whole idea, it was just a completely different, I was immersed in that, where, yeah, with ducks, it, it was it was a struggle. Can I just jump in and say, when Michael said, Michael Christie said that he had taken out a second mortgage because he placed this large bet. I just laughed so hard, probably harder than I should have, but I thought that was just so funny. And and I love, I think we needed a good laugh yeah. at that point. So I thought it was well-placed. Yeah. yeah. So Tara, what do you think prediction for tomorrow? Okay. Um, thank you for sharing that, Jolene. Yeah, um, no problem. I, so I think originally, Rebecca, when you and I were dis- started discussing this like a month ago, I predicted station 11 going like first or second i am switching that up i actually agree with jolene i think ducks might go tomorrow after like today's debates Mm -hmm. i have a feeling it might be ducks okay yep well, I'm going to, we're going to have a three-way non-tie here because mm-hmm. I, well, actually, no, wait a minute. You guys are tying. I'm not. Okay. So okay. I <laughs> think, I think it's going to be hotline. And the reason I think it will be hotline is because if, if he doesn't, if Gurdip doesn't come with more like specific things about his book and he, he just sort of kind of keeps repeating that same positivity message or the or the immigrant immigrant experience kind of thing he's got to dig deeper and i think that if he doesn't i could see michael not because i think he was so enamored of ducks and i think he feels that way about greenwood and i sort of feel like he may look at hotline and think there's just not enough there because he never did really ever comment on hotline and so and i feel like it would backfire if the other two, the two other women tried to um, be strategic and vote each other off. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. could come back and bite him in the butt. So I'm going with hotline. So, okay. yeah. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. So my question for you, Jolene, is if you want to let us know, how are you recording about Canada Reads this week? Like, what's your schedule like? Are you going to, what are you? I assume you're going to be putting out videos. What days can we expect to see those? So I won't be putting out anything now until it's all over. Okay. And I will do a reaction other than this, obviously, and I'll be following uh, your podcast every evening. Um, But I kind of follow everything throughout the week, and then I will do a reaction video at the end and maybe share, I haven't really decided yet, but my top five or ten Canada reads or something like that. And, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Okay, great. Well, yeah, thank you for being with us to today. We're really excited that you, that we could get you on the first day and uh, we will put obviously um, uh, Jolene's link to her uh, YouTube channel on the show notes. So please do follow her if you aren't already, which I'm sure you probably already are, but please do listen to her because she has a wide variety of topics she discusses and she never disappoints because there's always something that I, I love to read your, the comments that you get, Jolene, because people are always, they're just, it's just a really thoughtful um, experience that you have when, when you, we listen to your show and people are making all these great comments. So I really, really enjoy your YouTube channel. Thanks, Rebecca. That's very kind. Absolutely. Okay, everybody. So we will see you again tomorrow night, probably some point after 7 p.m. Eastern time. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, 
please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading.